Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, a podcast with lessons on life, love, and leadership. For more than a decade now, I've obsessively studied the King Warrior Magician Lover Archetypes, what I now call the Masculine Operating System. And in this podcast, I will reveal their secrets. So come now as we translate esoteric teachings into practical keys for how to rise in life. My name is Ivan Figenskevshelum, founder of Men's Initiation Reclaim You in a Throne. And it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Hey there, welcome back to a new episode of the Walking with the Archetypes podcast. So I'm sat here indoors looking out at the stormy weather outside. It's rainy, it's windy, and it woke me up at 3 a.m. in the morning. And so I'm not going to walk outside today. I'm going to be snug and cozy indoors, speaking about a challenging topic. So we have been covering over the last couple of days the archetype of the apocalypse. And I want to represent how important it is to not associate the word apocalypse with the end of the world. We have come to view this world in a very biblical way. This word apocalypse has been associated with various scary movies that we have watched, scary stories, dystopian future scenarios. But here's the thing. Every time you're in a process of change and growth, the archetype of the apocalypse will be present in your life. Because apocalypse just means revelation. The revelation of what's been hidden. So apocalypse is about shadow work. Shadow work being to see that which has been hidden. And so shadow work is always a prerequisite for big transformative processes. Yeah, so... When, when you are coming up against various invisible blocks in your life that are holding you back and you just can't seem to make another step forwards, you're just butting heads with that wall that is standing right in front of you like, mm, 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 I can't get through. I am just keep repeating the same fucking stupid mistakes. That's when you need apocalypse. That's when you need revelation. And so you've experienced the archetype of apocalypse in your life many times already. Though in your lifetime, you probably haven't experienced it in the collective. And we're right in the middle of a collective experience of it. And this is connected to the three players of the culture wars that I've been speaking about, traditionalism, modernism and postmodernism. So postmodernism that's loosely defined that has the sort of the collective label for human rights and social justice activism, for gender equality, for globalism, for new forms of empathy. This this consciousness has been the driving force of evolution in humanity for decades and it was so important when it arrived many decades back in the middle of 20th century. But what we're seeing is that the process of evolution is quickening. 
And so while traditionalism took like thousands of years to work its way through the human collective and modernism took hundreds of years to work its way through it, postmodernism only takes a few decades to work its way through the human collective and reach its peak. And when it reaches its peak, it starts going into a process of decay. So postmodernism is starting to die. That's what I see happening. It's dying as a leading edge. It has lost its moral integrity. It is no longer internally congruent. For instance, if you are a white anti-racist, a lot of the time you're telling yourself, oh, you know, I'm so much in favor of black people having dignified lives, colored people, ethnic minorities having dignified lives. But if some of these people say that, hey, I don't need your help, thank you very much, I'm doing well, I want, I want my sovereignty now, please stop pretending that you can help me all of the time, then they go like, oh, you traitor to your race, you're not a good person, you're an Uncle Tom or whatever. And we see that with conservative commentators and politicians, whether you agree with them or not, with Larry Elder and Candace Owens and most recently Tim Scott of the Republican Party, you see all kinds of white people start being racist towards black people because they're not submitting to their agenda. And when this starts happening, you have a paradigm that is dissolving. You have a paradigm that is in the middle of its death process. That's when apocalypse happens, just like it has in your own life. When you started to bash your head against that wall, the apocalypse happens, yes? And so right now, the various shadows of the postmodern meme are just starting to pour out of the woodworks. So we're seeing how the social justice activists that are a part of this consciousness, they have actually become misogynist and racist. They've actually become the very thing that they said that they were fighting against. Because this is how consciousness moves. We have to become the thing that we're fighting so that the circle completes itself in order to realize that this, this paradigm has completed its purpose. So one of the most ridiculous things that I see in this, uh, this postmodern paradigm these days is, is how we relate to truth. How subjectivity rules the roost these days. That's the only thing that matters. Subjectivity. What is it that I feel and experience? And so if I experience that 2 plus 2 equals 5, then that is accurate. And nobody has the right to come and say that 2 plus 2 equals 4. Because that's oppression, you see? That's oppression. And if you do that, you're taking away my unique life experience. And you're pissing on all of my cultural history and my family uh, origin and whatever it is you're not honoring my culture i mean the kind of parallels that are being drawn are absolutely ridiculous but i would say that stuff like that is legitimately happening where we are seeing that even maths are being viewed as an expression of white supremacy in academia in the united states this is happening right now that you are not supposed to use maths anymore because it's a part of our colonialist past. So what are we going to do with that maths then? Well, of course, they don't have a solution to that. And so what happens when a person, say me, say I was taken by this postmodern meme and I was convinced that the only thing that matters 
is my personal subjective experience. And maybe you come to me and you say, but Ivan, this thing that you keep doing again and again, I think it's hurting you. And, and it hurts me to see you hurt you. I just want to contribute to you having a great life. And then I will experience that as an undermining of my own personal experience and be like, who do you think you are to not validate my experience as the truth? You are oppressing me. You are oppressing me. You bastard, you're oppressing me. See me, validate me, love me, but don't tell me that I need to do something different because this is my experience, motherfucker. And so then we actually gradually from this victim consciousness of believing that anything that people do to me makes me a victim of their oppression. Because I become completely close to feedback, I actually become a tyrant. Because the only frame of reality that I see as valid is my own. And when you see somebody in that place, then, you know, if, if there were a child and the child, if, you, if your son thought that the bogeyman was sleeping under his bed and coming out in the night and, I don't know, stabbing him or whatever, and he was terrified of this, you wouldn't shame him or scold him, right? Because he's a child. You might try and work with him to have greater self-confidence, more courage, feel more resilient and powerful. Or maybe sometimes you'd bring him into your bed and just make sure that he feels safe. And he's a child, so that's okay. But we're speaking adults here that believe the bogeyman is sleeping under their bed. And we actually, as a culture, say that, oh yeah, the bogeyman must be under your bed because your experience is that he's there. And then corporations and governments come in and start celebrating this behavior as virtuous and start to generate a conversation in culture that is just breeding more and more of this delusion so that everyone is starting to believe that the bogeyman is sleeping under their bed. And if somebody comes in and says, hey, there is no bogeyman under your bed. But like, you're oppressing me. You don't see me. You don't love me. Fuck off. Go away. I hate you. When we see this happen in our culture, it is time to get really concerned. Because this is clinically insane. And there appears to be a psychological pathogen that is spreading now among the people of our Western world, but maybe also all the parts of, of the world where they're being assimilated into a hive mind. And a hive mind is the most dangerous thing that you can see in human collectives. This is exactly what happened before the Second World War in Germany when Hitler came in to generate a hive mind inside of Germany by identifying a shared enemy. And so that is the pattern that Carl Jung observed and that made him very concerned about what was happening in Germany. And it's the same pattern that is playing out right now. 
the surface manifestations and the various narratives that are being expressed are different, but the pattern is the same. And so that is really a sort of last battle of a paradigm that is not willing to surrender its control. And so it will constellate an army that stands up and fights its battle. And for the most part, this battle is a narrative battle. It's a narrative war, but it could become physical. And so as you observe culture today, and as you observe the conversations that we're having in our culture, you may recognize that what I'm saying now is very, very rarely pointed to. And there's many people in the world now that just by having me say what I'm saying, they would consider me to be alt-right. But I tell you, they are the ones that are exhibiting the same patterns that actually arose in Germany prior to Second World War. So consider that there is a lot of projection going on. This is what happens. This is what happens when somebody completely, completely exiles a conscious connection to their warrior archetype. And so they don't realize that they have power. But of course they do. They're internalizing the antagonist that they believe is outside of them. And then this antagonist, this inner antagonist is becoming a fierce inner critic that attacks them again and again relentlessly. And so there's no wonder they believe there's a bogeyman sleeping under their bed because they feel his presence, see? But the thing is, he lives in their mind. They have invited him into their mind because of their lopsided worldview. And so now this patriarch lives inside of them. And because they are fighting this patriarch with tooth and nail, they're actually becoming him. And that, that, my friend, is what happens when a paradigm is dying. It becomes the very thing that it was born to fight. And so as the world goes increasingly crazy, please consider this. Consider this theory that I've just given you. That the social justice activists in our culture now, for the most part, are no longer embodying the purity of this consciousness any longer because they're not fighting for anything anymore. They're fighting against something. And when you start fighting against something, then you lose your moral integrity. You lose the positivity, the, the, the goodness in the movement. It goes away because I don't know where I'm going anymore. I'm just fighting against things. And that's the end. It's over. So that's, um, that's what I want to offer you today. As there are explosions outside of the window, I believe it must be a house that's being built in the vicinity here. They're blowing up things constantly. So <laughs> maybe that's a mirror to the explosive conversation that I've just been having with you. And it's a challenging conversation. I've been feeling raw and a little bit scared to bring this into the world because I know this is material that could have anyone crucified because of the level of tyranny that's being wielded by this consciousness these days. 
they are very, very hostile to people that will put them face to face with their shadow. And so whatever parts of me and of you that are still in this place that just wants to be seen and validated and that feels that anything that is different to my experience is hostile or aggressive, then just give it some love, please. In order to have a decent life, you need to start parenting these parts of you because they are essentially orphans. They are lost inner children that instead of attacking, you have to start loving. And as you start integrating more of this, then more and more, you will become able to be in a wonderful, loving, intimate relationship and also be a leader of transformation in the world. It's going to be scary as hell, but if you feel drawn to bringing your gift to the world, I don't think there's any other way for you. So that, my friend, is my message for you today. It's... it's it's pretty intense, this stuff. It's pretty intense. So I'm going to sit a little bit now with the rain outside of my window. I need a little break. Because this material is stirring the cauldron down there. It's stirring it a bit. And I'm just going to be with nature here on the outside. And then I'm going to bring you this. And I'll speak to you again tomorrow, my friend. Love you. Appreciate you. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's Walking with the Archetypes. It's been a real pleasure to spend this time with you. And don't forget, you're invited to come walk with me every weekday, Monday through Friday. To go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to MasculineOS.com for a comprehensive, free guide.